0: Oh. How are you all? all right. You're looking great but I can't really see you because it's so bright up here. <laughs> I can see your shapes there. I can see the front row. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well praise God. God is so good all the time. and uh, we're coming into a lovely time. Christmas is a, is a lovely time but we need to remember there are always people who are lonely so... um, I know somebody around where I live is a lonely person and I will I'm going to take her a gift I usually do something like that I know when her birthday I take her a gift and that uh, so just do something nice let's do something nice to people love on people you know I I just if will you if you know me I'm always usually smiling be worried if I'm not but <laughs> <laughs> but you know around where I live um I'm well known in Big Salami there with coffee, <laughs> getting to know everybody's name. Oh, hi, hi, Jack. Hi, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's it's great though. But I give everyone a smile and a, and hello, say hello. People need it. People just need it. And uh, I think we just. In fact, you know, way back in, way back in the day, you know, when I was a young girl, um, everybody, I think we all just knew each other. I knew every name of everybody down our street. Now, how many of us could do that today? Not really, eh? And even now, I sit there and I close my eyes and I think of the names along all the houses. But we knew everybody. And that's something that that we've lost. Uh, The world has lost. But I I believe we can get it back. So, you know, let's just, you know, get to know our neighbours and beyond our neighbourhood and and uh, go go to a place like Big Salami and sit there with your coffee and <laughs> get to know everybody. All right. Well, I'm talking about when all hell breaks loose. Yay! Have we got? It? Oh, there we go. That was very good. Athena holding that off until my announcement. Okay. You know we have. You know that saying, don't you? All hell broke broke loose, and it describes how we feel when everything goes wrong. Have you had that happen to you? It's like, heaven heck, it's like all hell is broken loose against you, and, and, um, and it's a it's, it's hard time. And uh, even Jesus knew how that felt, you know, on the cross. All hell was trying to, you know, torment him and harass him and mock him. And, and so he knows what it's like. You know, he, he, um, the devil tried to drown Jesus in, in sorrow, but Jesus wouldn't take any of that on board even though he was suffering there. But hell will try and break loose on us and torment us and try and drown us in in sorrow or loneliness and rejection, oppression, despair, all these awful things. But remember that Jesus, he paid the price on the cross, that we don't have to suffer that and and that we can go free. So we have a wonderful saviour who is easily touched by the feelings of our infirmities or your weaknesses or whatever you're facing, it says that he's easily touched. He cares about you. He doesn't like to see us suffering or in sorrow and despair and all that. But he's ever living to intercede for us. Isn't that amazing? He says he ever lives to, and he's interceding for us all the time as we go through difficult times. Jesus is there actually praying interceding for us. It, said, um, it says, oh, I'll give you the scripture, Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So during trials, we are tempted to be swallowed up in despair and to give in to unbelief and fear and all of these things. You know, it's so easy to cave into fear, isn't it? But we need to remember that Jesus is easily touched by the feelings of our weaknesses and our infirmities. And if we make room for him, he will come to our aid every time. He wants to come to your aid. If you're in despair, call on his name. Jesus, help me get through this. And he will come and he will help you. Um, he, Hebrews 7.25, therefore he's able to save or to help or to come alongside the, to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he himself always lives to make intercession for us. He always lives to make intercession for us. So he's utterly able to save us, to deliver you from any mess that you're in right now. You think, how on earth did I get into this mess? Well, turn to the Lord. He'll help you get out of it. He's able to bring you out of that place of deep despair and hopelessness. God God is amazing. He's your heavenly father. And Jesus is just the most wonderful, wonderful saviour who just loves you so much, absolutely. But Satan wants to destroy God's plan for our lives and that of your family, even our church. He'd love to destroy this church. He's tried, he's tried many years, hasn't he? Those of you who have been with us from the beginning, he's tried many times to, to destroy this church. You know, people turn on... Suddenly, we're with you, then they turn on you, or they turn on one another, and they go. You know, So Satan's always out to try and destroy churches. He hates churches. He doesn't like us to come together and worship together because to, it's so powerful. And where we hear the word, we go away lifted, and we can get prayed for if, if needed. And he hates that. He absolutely hates that. And he'll do whatever he can do in your life to cause mayhem. And and in our workplace, no matter where you are, he'll try and cause uh, mayhem and all this and try and thwart God's plan for you. Um, But I tell you what, he's not going to get away with what he is doing. You know, what he's been doing in the nations, we know that, and what he's been doing in people's lives. um, God always has a plan, a backup plan, always. And when we involve God in our lives, in our circumstances, and situa- situations, God He goes to work for us. He goes to work for us, and let me say this: when God is at work, He always wins. Not Satan. Satan. Satan is an idiot. <laughs> he thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so clever. He still thinks he can beat God, or he can beat Jesus. No way. Tell you what, he's so full of pride, even though we got the beating down in hell from Jesus and Jesus took away all the keys of hell, death and the grave. But he somehow still thinks he could win because he's, he's mentally, something's happened in there. Something's happened to him. So anyway, so the events on God's timetable are, are coming to a climax actually, actually and Satan himself is doubting his efforts to try and hinder and our walk. He's starting to doubt, he's, he's tried to hinder our walk of faith but he hasn't succeeded. And, uh, but we don't fear him at all, we don't fear him or his hordes because Jesus, he, he stripped him of all his power and his, all his authority and he's given us that authority. It says in Revelations twelve twelve, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. He really knows time is short and the great news that God is bringing a great increase to the kingdom of God. He's bringing increase. He's bringing increase of revelation, increase of his anointing and his glory so that we don't have to fear. There's going to be increase of, of gifts, of spirit of feelings, miracles, signs, wonders and gifts. So he's given us all we need to get the victory in everything we face. And there's a great army of angels working on our behalf all the time. All the time they are, defeating the devil on every side. And Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we need to remember that. You know, when he's coming at us, well, Lord, you said this. You said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. So I stand on that. I stand on that strongly. And I resist you, Satan... You can flee in Jesus' name. It says, um, talking of the angels, it says in Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's the angelic realm. they have been sent forth to minister for us. And, you know, <clears throat> someone once wrote a book called Angels on Assignment. Now, we need to give them assignments. We can do that, you know, And uh, anyway, angels are there for our good, to help us, to strengthen us. Just like they came to Jesus in the garden. Remember, they came to strengthen him. And they'll do the same for us. It says in Matthew 7, 24 to 27, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So Jesus is saying that we all will face storms of life, storms, the storms of life will come, and it will seem like all hell is broken loose around about us. And depending on our response, we can either come through unscathed or we can allow those things to demolish everything around us. If you think of a lighthouse, you know they are built in positions where the, there are storms, winds, uh, waves. They are the, they're in the position of the worst weather, the fiercest weather, and a normal building would never stand a chance where a, where a lighthouse could survive, um, because they are built without. You know houses are not built with the same foundation. And they'll always, a lighthouse will always be on rock. It's built on rock. And it, it will last through any storm. And Jesus uh, has shown the way we can withstand, withstand any storms, the worst storms of life, we can withstand them. If you will build your life on the sure foundation of God's word, build your whole life on the sure foundation of God's word. Get the word in your heart. Don't just bring your, well, I don't even know if you bring your Bible on Sunday. I, don't <laughs> I still bring mine. But um, you build your life on the foundation of God's word. Get that word in your heart. It's not just to read it quickly. Get it in your heart and then get it in your mouth and you'll defeat Satan every time. Because in the word we find life, we find strength, wisdom, faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, love comes from the word, assurance, confidence and shelter from hell's oppression. So the word of God acts as an anchor, it anchors us, it anchors our mind because that's where our battle is, it's in the mind or in the soul, it's holding, holding it fast against the storm's that come our way, that's, it, that's what the word of God will do. It will anchor us to, so that whatever is coming at you, trying to, to destroy you, trying to make a mess or whatever, ju- if you need the word of God in your heart and in your mouth, absolutely. So unless we have our minds fixed on God and on his word, We will become punch drunk, if you like. We can, we will fall, we'll every time. You know what punch drunk is? It's not drinking punch, but it's... no. But you know how you've seen? You know they're fighting, and then they he keep hitting at the head or whatever, and they become punch drunk. It's just you know, and that's that's what the you know that's what the enemy wants to do to you. So you just you can't you can't think you can't think. Be, you know, like some, if a box has been boxed so long It's like that you see them shake their head And even in rugby, don't they, they if they have a smash And they, so you see them shake their head It's like, it's that, being, you know, that fall, that punch Weakens us and, uh, and it causes us to stumble Because, you, know, th- you know, something's coming, they get you, And we cannot think, we cannot get it right we, We're just under this atmosphere, if you like Where the enemy's just got a hold of us But, you know, and we will be weak and we will fall if we don't have the word in our heart and in our mouths. Now, God doesn't want to uh, condemn us in any way, but he doesn't want us to have to suffer in this way because he's made a way where we can escape all of that. And sometimes we think, God, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, God. I can't forgive this person. I can't count it all joy in this situation. It seems all too hard. I cannot count it all joy. It's nothing joyful about this at all. No? But what you sometimes you just gotta you've just gotta say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm gonna just make myself laugh. I've got to sit here and make myself laugh or whatever. Count it all joy. I I count it joy, not because I'm going through this, but God's gonna get me through it. That's why we can count it all joy. The word has the power in it to shift you, to shift you out of darkness, out of that oppression into a place of victory. Amen? So it may seem all too hard, but look, it's not. God's word will never fail you. If he says something, we can do it. Count it all joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice so that we rejoice no matter what we're going through. Father, this is like hell on earth at the minute, but I'm going to rejoice in you. And I, and I just thank you, Lord. I rejoice. You're the God of, the God Almighty. You know, you are on my side. If God is for me, who can be against me? And you talk yourself up and that stuff will start to, to leave you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Did I do James 1, 2, and 4? No? Okay. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So you've got to count, you've got to count it all joy because it's not really joyful. But we count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, it's still going. (laughs) Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Even when phones go off in church, you can count it all joy. (laughs) Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's a, good, that's a good scripture. You've got to count it all joy, even though it doesn't feel a joyful moment. But count it all joy, knowing that, that, that from this is going to come, uh, is testing your faith, it's going to bring forth patience and patience, it's going to work out so that we are complete, lacking nothing. So we mustn't only hear God's word, we need to live it, we need to speak it, we need to act on it, act on his word. If the word says love, we love. If the word says forgive, we forgive. If it says give, we give. Rejoice, we rejoice. Give thanks, then we give thanks. Cast all your care upon the Lord. Not some of them. Oh, I just want to hold on to this a little bit longer. I really, I'm taking care of my care. Cast it all onto God. Say, God, I throw this on you. You sort it out. He doesn't mind you talking to him like that. You sort this mess out for me. I can't work it out. Okay, Jesus is our rock. We build our lives on him and his word, he is the sure foundation of our faith. And so, going back to that, Matthew 7, the rain descends. That's not so bad. We can handle some trials quite well. Then the floods come. Now it's a bit tricky. This is more difficult. But we have a sure foundation of God's word, so floods can't touch us. It says Isaiah 59:19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of life, the Lord, lifts up a standard against him. Because we are speaking the word. And the Spirit comes and lifts up a standard against him. You know what a standard is? It's a, it's a flag with an emblem on it, revealing which army is coming. Well, who's behind that flag? Oh, my gosh, it's God's army. You know? That's what we do. The Holy Spirit will lift up a flag. And uh, in the old days, you know, the armies would raise a, they'd have a pole and they'd be have an end sign or this this sign, a special sign, and you know, when you see that, you know what enemy you're facing. The flag shows which army it is. And if it is a strong army, a powerful army, the enemy will be full of fear and sometimes they will retreat. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard, this thing against Satan, because you're holding on to the word. And the Holy Spirit will lift this up, say, back off, Satan. Back off. Back off. This is the child of God. They are holding on the Word. They, they are holding on to their faith. Back off. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So when you're under attack and your trust is in God, the armies of God will come to your defense. And they lift up the ensign of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who defeated Satan and brought him to naught. And destroyed his authority. You know, remember when Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem where he knew he would be arrested, beaten, scourged and crucified and face the torment of hell. He knew all of that. The Bible says he set his face like flint. So much so, his disciples were amazed. They saw something in Jesus they hadn't seen before. It was a fierce determination. A real fierce determination. And they, he, they weren't really sure what he was heading to, but they, they were, what kept watching him? What is it? His, he was just focused. He had this fierce determination. And in Isaiah 50, verse 7, uh, there's a prophecy about Jesus going to Jerusalem where he would be arrested and crucified. And it says, and this is from the Tay um, version T A Y, because the Lord God stands by to help me. Therefore, I will not be dismayed. Therefore, I have set my face like flint to do his will, and I know that I will triumph. That's what Jesus had when he looked like that, and we can do the same. We can just set our face like flint. You know what flint is, eh? It's a really hard stone. It's just and, uh, and we'll not be dismayed. We set our face like flint to do his will, God's will, and we know we will triumph every time. He- Hebrews 12:2 puts it like this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, you know, for the joy that was set before him, he could set his fl- face like flint and he could endure the cross, despising the shame, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So he refused to focus on present suffering. He set his face towards the joy of coming victory, the joy of seeing many sons and daughters coming into the kingdom of God. This joy gave him the strength to endure and to triumph. Joy brings strength. It really does. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Sorrow and despair weakens us, but joy strengthens us. You know, sometimes we can despair about things, you know, and be sorrowful about things. Maybe things happening in the family, even things happening in the nation and in the world. It really, you know, some things you hear about and see about, you know, they could bring sorrowing and despair in our lives. But joy strengthens us and we need to rejoice in the Lord always. Even knowing things that are going on, we need to be careful that it doesn't weigh us down. Take it and steal your joy and bring despair on your life. We count it all joy, no matter what we're facing. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. So it's not just rejoice when you're feeling good. It's rejoice always. That's when you most need it, is when you're facing the hard trials and the hard knocks and, and all of, you know, everything coming at you. That's when we need to rejoice. And I always say, fake it till you make it. You know, you just say, ha, 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 ha. Well, yeah, I'm not really laughing, but I'm trying. <laughs> but that helps. Do it. It, it. it will work for you. So, you know, so there's Jesus striding away, and he couldn't wait to get there. Isn't that amazing? Then he was striving to get to Jerusalem. And he was already looking beyond that pain, way beyond it, the suffering and the shame to the great victory that he will have for all of us. He did it for all of us. So when we face pressures, storms, and all hell breaks loose, shock the devil and set your face like flint, stand strong in the word of God, praising the Lord in the dark times, rejoicing that what the devil meant for your harm, God will turn it around for good and great victory every time. When we set our faces like flint to do his will, we know we will be triumphant. It says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, always. You know that word "triumph" was a term that was used in the Roman uh, in the Roman times. The big, they had the the biggest armies, strongest armies, and uh, to triumph was. It was a Roman procession in honor of a general, a victorious general. They'd have a triumph, a triumph, have a triumphant march through the streets in honor of that victorious general. Well, Jesus triumphed over Satan and all of hell through the cross. And those who are Christ's now share in his triumph. We share in his victory and his triumph. We triumph over all Satan's work if we will count it all joy and declare the victory. Do you get that? Always. We will triumph. We share in Jesus' triumph on the cross when he rose victorious over the dead. He rose the triumphant Lord Almighty. So in verse 25 of whatever it was, (laughs) we have... When the floods come, we triumph because we stand on the word of God without doubting and without fear. Is that right? Absolutely. And when the winds come and buffet us, we won't weaken or we won't cave in. No matter what the devil's got planned, don't cave in, don't weaken because our hope is in God and in his word. So when we, when we become doers of God's word, we are building a strong foundation of faith, which will carry us through the hardest times of life. So we're building our lives and our future on the immovable rock, which is Christ. He doesn't move, he's immovable. His word is immovable. He's the, Jesus is the rock of revelation. He's our refuge, he's our hiding place in times of trouble. He is the rock from which flow living waters when we are in a dry and barren place. Amen. Jesus is the rock of salvation. He is the rock of salvation. That means healing, restoration, wholeness, protection, deliverance. He's the honey from the rock. We sang that today. When times turn sour and bitter, he is the honey from the rock that we can partake of. Christ the rock is the living word of God. When we build our lives on the written word and obey the voice of his spirit and seek his face, we are building our house, our destiny, our future upon the rock. When the rain comes and the floods rise and the wind beats against us, we remain intact, strong, immovable, unshaken. And the devil walks off shaking his head. What's the matter with that? I can't get that person to move off that rock because you're so founded and grounded in the word of God. Amen? Amen. And he thinks, how can I beat them down? I've did, I've, I think I've done the worst I can. You know, but stand strong on the rock. Amen. Stand strong in faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I'll be wrapping up in a second. Well, not a second. No, that's a bit exaggerated, and that's an exaggeration, <laughs> or under-exaggeration. Okay, in Mark 4, 35, uh, Jesus had been teaching, of the multitude all day long, and when evening came, he said to his disciples, uh, "To his t- disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And they got into the boat, and Jesus lay down and went sound asleep. he had been working all day, up early, hard work. Feeding those people, preaching the word constantly. I get tired after just 40 minutes of preaching the word. He preached all day long. Anyway, they got in the boat and Jesus lay down in the stern and he fell asleep. And you know this story, of course. And as he slept, a huge windstorm arose. Now, I reckon demonically um, behind a lot of demonic stuff behind that. So it was a huge windstorm arose, you know, and the devil, he'll try always to stop you from arriving where God wants you to be. You know, you're, you're heading in the right direction. Suddenly this massive thing blows up in your face. It's Satan trying to stop you to get to where God wants you to be. He doesn't want you arriving there. He doesn't want you getting to the other side. He doesn't want you to step into something new, a new area God has for you. He doesn't want the church stepping into what God has for us as a church. He doesn't want it. He's scared. He is scared. He's scared of the church. He's scared of this church. We've withstood what? 38, 39. How many years now? Years. <laughs> I was just I was only one when, you know. <laughs> no. Okay. That's not true. I repent. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't, you know, God's going to do some great things. We've had great We've had so many great things happen in this church, haven't we? Wonderful miracles, wonderful things happen. Uh, crazy things happen but hey the best is yet to come the best is definitely yet to come so god doesn't want us to get the devil doesn't want us to get to the other side that's for sure for getting into a, a new area so in verse 37 it, it goes on you know it talks about the waves it's getting really bad now the wind is up it's whipping up massive waves and they're crashing into the boat and it's filling up with water and the disciples are beside themselves with fear. And yet Jesus had said, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, let us just get in the boat. He, he said, he knew what was going to come. He he said, he, his word, he said, let us cross over to the other side. In other words, he'd said that and they were going to make it to the other side. No way Jesus himself said that. Let's go over to the, uh, to the other side. So they were going to be there, uh, but now because of the noise and the crashing and the waves and so forth, they should have remembered Jesus said that, let us cross to the other side, but they forgot all about it and they could have commanded that wind to cease and desist and the waves to be still they could have had the power to do that and how many of us are like that sometimes, you know all these, we have God's promises, we're eager to get into the boat with him and things are going good and when suddenly a great storm blows up, we feel our boat is about to sink and we look at Jesus, and we look at circumstances, and we look at Jesus, and we look at the circumstances, our faith should overcome the circumstances, not circumstances overcoming us. That's not how it's meant to work. So we have faith to overcome. So the disciples um, probably were saying, surely, you know, watching them, surely this wave will wake them, or the next wave will wake them, but... He's still asleep and finally circumstances became too much and no longer could they hear Jesus say, let us cross to the other side. They couldn't hear that at all. All they could hear now, we're going to drown, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. So all they could hear, all they could see was all of them in the water drowning. And uh, anyway, finally in verse 38, they wake up Jesus and they say, do you not care we are perishing? Well, that's a dumb thing to say to Jesus, isn't it? Do you not care we're perishing? The God who just, you know, the, the, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the one who's about to give his life for them. Uh, your word, you know, they're thinking, your word didn't work. We're not getting to the other side. We're going to drown. You don't even care. What an insult to Jesus. And sometimes we think God is not listening to us in our storms. We think he's fallen asleep on the job. God, can you hear me, God? Can't you hear me? Can't you see what I'm going through? He sees everything, and he's listening to you. He's listening for faith. He's wanting to hear faith. He's wanting to hear you rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, so he can get you out of that mess. If we do the word, God will act on our behalf and get us out of our situation, whatever it is. He he is working for you always. So... God never sleeps, he never never slumbers. He's always awake and alert, he's always waiting to perform his word on your behalf. So sometimes we cry, God, help. Why are you not answering my prayers? You know, if you were listening to me, I wouldn't be going through all these things. It's funny how we turn it on to God every time, eh? Who's behind it? Satan, not God. He's trying to get you out of it. And so we need to apply the word to our lives. Jesus never said, you'll face no storms. He just said, we're going to go to the other side. He didn't say, there's going to be a storm. It was sufficient to say, you're going to get to the other side. And didn't he say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Yes. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Is it the end of the world yet? No, it didn't finish yesterday, did it? No? No. (laughs) So he's still with us. He's here with us even right now. So here's Jesus sleeping, but his word was still working. They hadn't drowned. The word was still working. And God wasn't sleeping. He was watching over the word Jesus had spoke. And they were crossing to the other side. It was taking a bit of time, but they were getting there. But Jesus' response was, Why are you so fearful? That's in verse 39 and 40. He says, how is it you have no faith? See, if you have fear, your faith is pushed aside. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? So if you've got fear, your faith isn't there. It's not working. You need to get yourself back in that word and get it so it's in your heart and get it coming out your mouth. What you're believing God for. Get it in your heart, come out your mouth. I mean, and he's saying, you know, guys, Jesus is saying, here, I'm in the boat with you. If I'm in the boat, it surely would be okay. You'd think so, wouldn't you? If Jesus in the boat, oh, that's okay. Jesus in the boat. He's not worried. What are we worried about? He's not even waking up, so it must be all right. But they looked at the circumstances, and they believed the circumstances more than Jesus' word. Let's go to the other side. Sometimes we're like that. You know, we're more looking at the circumstances rather than looking at the word of God. Get the promises of God in your heart. You know, Jesus doesn't hop out of your boat just because a storm is buffeting you. He won't do that. He's not concerned about that storm. The storm can't destroy the boat while he's there in the boat. He can't destroy you while he's there with you. You haven't pushed him aside, you're not agreeing with the circumstances, you're not agreeing with what's happening, you agree with God, you agree with Jesus, agree with his word, I know I am with you always, fear not for I am with you, be not dismayed for I am your God he's all of these things for us, he said Jesus, you know, he's the one who, who, who heals all the sick, Jesus bore all my sicknesses he carried all my pains and with his stripes, I am healed that's the word, the word of God, we need to get it in our heart and in our mouths, and stop agreeing with the circumstances. Okay, all righty, are you all right? Yep. All right, <laughs> I'm to have to see where I am now. All righty, so nothing can stop me fulfilling my destiny. Nothing can stop you fulfill, fulfilling your destiny. There's nothing that can stop me fulfilling the number of my days. Nothing can stop me prospering. This is the things we need to be saying. You know, God, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul is healthy, really. Because if your mind isn't healthy, or it's filled with darkness and it's filled with, um, you know, fear and all that stuff, it's not healthy. You need to get rid of that stuff. Loose it from your soul and start getting the word of God into your soul, into your mind, into your emotions, so that you're controlled by the word of God, not by fear, not by circumstances. Amen? See, nothing should stop us being healed, because Jesus bore all our sicknesses. He carried all our pains, and with his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. It's settled in the word of God. You know, God wants to get miracles to you, He wants to bring restoration to you. Anyway, Jesus, he got up. When they came to him, he he arose, and Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Isn't that amazing? You know that we could do that. We have dominion in the earth through Jesus Christ. He's given us dominion in the earth to take authority over, over storms, over storms of life, over lack, whatever's coming your way. You know, you have the power. If you get the word in your heart and the word in your mouth, you will change your situation every time. And uh, that needs to be our response to every difficult time that we face. Rebuke fear. Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't listen to the wind. Don't listen to the lies and the deception. You'll not listen to all the negative thoughts, the circumstances, the symptoms. Don't listen to the negative people. God said it, and my faith is built on his word. We're a doer of the word, not a hearer only. That's what the Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. We need to do what God says in his word. So we're building our life on the rock, the word of God, and we refuse to fail. We refuse to crumble under pressure To give in to the lies of the devil or to let go of God's word, we're going to hold on to it hard and fast, absolutely. We need not fear. Excuse me. So whatever you're facing, what are you facing? You know, they face the prospect of drowning. Without faith in the Lord, that is a very scary possibility. So your situation, it may be serious enough to cause you to fear, but Jesus doesn't see your situation like that. He didn't see the disciples' situation like that. As far as he was concerned, they were going safely to the other side. As far as you are concerned, you will get to the other side if you have faith in God and in his word. Jesus doesn't get scared because of the storms that come against us. Because if our lives are built upon the rock, the rock of his word, if we're doers of the word, then there is nothing to fear because God will see to it that we make it through all the storms of life triumphantly. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Father, I just pray that this word is becomes living and powerful and sharp in everybody's life that's heard this, Father. Lord, that we be a people, Father God, who trust you, who put your word in our heart, who speak it out our mouths. Father, we'll not be moved by what we see. We'll only be moved by what you say. So, Father, I ask you to bless each and every body in this room. Bless them. Help them, Father God, to become mighty warriors of Jesus Christ. Each and every one will be strong in you, strong in faith, strong in the word of God. Put in their hearts such a hunger for you, a hunger for your son, a hunger for the word of God, Father, and bring great revelation. I pray that, Father, you just release a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation, that the eyes of of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened enlightened to know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power in and each and for all of us, in Jesus' mighty name. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.